Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week and next, we're talking about the scariest of all topics in French diction, liaison. François Germain talks us through the text of En Sordine, with a focus on the liaison, but also covering some of the exceptional pronunciations in French, and what happens with verbs in the future tense. Originally, I had intended this all to be one episode. However, François gave me so much fabulous information that I was loath to cut any of it, so I decided to make this into a two-parter. Next week will be the rest of this discussion with the text to Chanson Triste, which means that there will only be one text on each of these two episodes. As usual, I'll post links at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com, don't forget the the, to the text, and I'll repost the French website that I found on Liaison for those of you who want to look over some of the rules. But first, I want to say happy anniversary to everyone who listens to this podcast. I started this podcast last year on April 1st, and I chose that date specifically because it's the anniversary of the day my mother passed away. My mom was a pianist, high school music teacher, and church organist, and I grew up watching her play the piano my whole life. When I was really young, my entire family was involved in variety shows that my mom would accompany, and even as a toddler, I would sing my songs on stage and then walk down the front steps to go into the pit to sit with my mom. In church choir, I sat on the bench with her and doubled the melody up the octave on the piano. In high school, I went out to her musical rehearsals almost as often as I went to my own. She was such a wonderful music teacher that a rather large percentage of her students went on to become musicians or music teachers themselves. When she retired from teaching, she continued to accompany all the local high school musicals, played dinner theater, played for my father's men's choir, and was the music director for the community theater in my hometown. When she passed away, it made me reevaluate why I do what I do, and I've come to realize that she's still a part of me, and music is the way we connected our whole lives. If I make music, it's because I saw her doing it, and I needed to be a part of that. And if I teach, it's because I watched her teach and bring music to so many people for so many years. I saw how many lives she changed, and I definitely need to be a part of that. I wanted to honor her by giving back the only way I know how, and that's how this podcast came to be. When I asked François if he wanted to discuss anything in particular, his first question was whether we'd already discussed liaisons here. Since there are so many rules, we've only been discussing them as we go, as we find them, but he and I both thought it was important to devote some time to really dig into this topic. I have to say that this is, this is the one subject that my colleagues consult me the most on. And I always get these emails about, oh, would you, would you do the liaison there? Would you do the liaison there? And it's also the subject that I consult people on, too, because there, there are so many uh, subtleties to it, and it's such a complicated subject that sometimes even a native speaker won't be totally sure on what the proper thing and the proper tradition. The reason why it's complicated is because you have all sorts of rules. There are uh, compulsory liaisons, there are forbidden liaisons, and then there are optional liaisons. <laughs> Which makes life very confusing. And, and already right there, we, you know, already it sounds complicated, but within all these kinds of liaisons, there are exceptions, there are special words, and then there is the 
big subject of tradition mm-hmm. and what my mentor, Rosemarie Henry, always used to call good taste, which is such, yeah. you know, <laughs> such a precise and useful concept. And, and all these things together make, make the subject of liaison very tricky. So it, it is something that singers need to spend time thinking about and, and really try to understand as best they can. Yeah. What I can recommend as a starting point is to get a really good French diction book mm-hmm. that has all the rules laid out. Which one do you suggest? And do you have a good one to suggest? I think the, the, the Grub is great. It's very thorough. There's, and, and actually, when you read it, uh, as, I, as I was doing this morning before, yes, you yeah, have it too. And as I was reading it this morning to brush up a little bit all the rules, even I started to get a little bit overwhelmed because there's there's a lot of information in there. That's it. There's and, so and, many and, rules. And even with that, I don't think he covers it all. Like there's, he says himself, you know, these are the main big categories and the main rules, but there there is more. Yeah. And um, ultimately, it's it's really about getting a good knowledge of the language and a good sense for it and and experience and and you know developing your your ear for what sounds right and what doesn't sound right mm-hmm. as a native speaker i have an advantage that a lot of these things i do by ear right however spoken french drops a lot of liaison that you would do in, in lyric diction or in poetry mm-hmm. so even even for me, every once in a while, it's it's it doesn't sound all that natural, right. and I have to think about it. So, mm-hmm. just as a preface to our discussion today, don't feel bad about finding it difficult because it is complicated, and don't hesitate to ask for help if you know someone who has the knowledge or you think has the knowledge. Really go for it because it's it's very important. The diction book that Francois recommended was Thomas Grubb's Singing in French, which has been the French diction Bible since it came out in the late 70s. I still have mine from college, which at the time came with a little plastic record of the examples that shows you how old I am. I've had quite a few friends who studied with Grubb in college, and apparently he's a phenomenal teacher, and I know from experience that his book is a fabulous reference. As far as liaisons go, he devotes 16 pages to the topic. I'll post a link at the blog to the Amazon page. Our text for today is En Sourdine, a poem by Paul Verlaine that has been set by many composers, including probably the most well-known versions by Debussy and Fauré. You'll hear us mention the Bernac a few times. What we're referring to is the book The Interpretation of French Song by Pierre Bernac, who was himself a singer and a close friend and collaborator with Francis Poulenc. If you don't already have this book, it's a good one to acquire for your library. Bernac goes through the text with his suggestions for liaison, elision, and breaths, and then goes through the music with a fine-toothed comb with remarks on what the composers intended measure by measure, including metronome suggestions, ideas for colors, and misprints. Calme dans le demi-jour que les branches hautes font, pénétrons bien notre amour de ce silence profond. Fondons nos âmes, nos cœurs et nos sens extasiés parmi les vagues langueurs des pins et des arbousiers. Ferme tes yeux à demi, croise tes bras sur ton sein et de ton cœur endormi, chasse à jamais tout dessein. 
Laissons-nous persuader au souffle berceur et doux qui vient à tes pieds rider les ondes des gazons roux. Et quand solennel le soir des chaînes noires tombera, voix de notre désespoir, le rossignol chantera. That was François Germain reading En Sourdine. And before we get on to our very scary topic of liaison, there were a couple of exceptions in this that I wanted to ask you about. And the first one is, in the last verse, et quand solennel. That, that second syllable of that is not what we expect it to be, right? Yes, yeah, it looks like it should be solennel. Uh, well, this, I guess you could call it an exception. It, it's, it's one of those nice things in French that don't sound the way they look, and, you know, we have a lot of them. Um, and this, this is one more spelling that you need to put under your belt for the sound A. Ah, yeah. Solanet. That's, that's what it is. And the other one that I thought about is persuadé. Mm -hmm. My question there is, the word itself, the, the U in it, which would be the, the lowercase Y sound, Yes. The you umlaut um, yeah. is actually when you say it quickly is a is a glide is a, just a glide off, right? Right. When you say the word, you would say persuade, so you would have a half vowel like nui. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, however, in poetry, for, for versification purposes or or emphasis, the two sounds can actually be uh, separated. So you can have a real u and a real a. That's and in this case, when, when you sing this, it's laissons-nous persuader, right? Yeah, because there's an extra note actually for that you. That's right. But the word as, as it's spoken is persuader. Okay. And, and it's, this is, in this case, it, it becomes a case of uh, poetic expression to decide to emphasize persuader. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wanted to ask is, or just to double check, there's, there's two different versions of this. Oh, there's only one word that's different in them. There's fondant, and in the, the forêt is also melon. Do they mean the same yes. thing? Well, fondant means um, to melt together, and melon is more to uh, mix together. Uh, and forêt ch changed the word. The original word in the poem is, is actually fondant. Okay. Uh, Forêt chose melon. I'm guessing he liked the the sound of that better. Mm -hmm. uh, fondant is is you know it's it's two uh, old nasals in a row. Maybe it was it was a little bit too dark for him. Mm -hmm. Like the open sound of melon, just a little bit more. I, I'm not actually sure. This okay. is an interesting question. All right, now I guess it's time to get on to liaison. <laughs> yes. And maybe we should actually start by defining what a liaison is and, and how it's different from an elision. So we have liaison yes. and elision, and they're, they're two different things. A liaison happens between a consonant that is normally silenced at the end of a word and another the word that follows it if it starts with a vowel. Mm -hmm. That's basically the, the basic rule. So it's, it's between a silent consonant and the next vowel of the next word. So it's a consonant that wouldn't be spoken that then gets spoken. That gets spoken in some way, and we can also talk about what those ways are because they're not always the same depending on what that consonant is. Right. But uh, elision is something different. An elision is when you drop a silent vowel and tie the consonant that precedes it to the next vowel of the next word. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think we have an example in this. 
We um, do, right at the beginning, actually, we have notre amour. Right, notre amour. So notre amour is an example of élision, and, and it, it often gets called a liaison, but it's not a liaison. It's, it's really élision. It's, it's the dropping of that silent e at the end of notre. Mm -hmm. uh, and, well, it's not really silent technically, but it, the word really sounds like it finishes on tr, notre amour, right? Exactly. So it's it's since it finishes with a vowel, we cannot call it a liaison. Right. It's just the dropping of that last vowel to tie the TR to the A of amour, so notre amour. Right. But liaison, to, just to compare the two, is if we look at the next verse, uh, we have fondant nos âmes, so no uh, has a silent S, which right. is a consonant, and an starts with a vowel, and this is a case where we have to consider a liaison, and then that's where the discussion about liaison, no liaison happens, but in this case it does happen, and it goes no za. Genau. Oh. Exactly. Genau. <laughs> okay, so that, and this, the one, the reason that we actually connect no zam, that's one of the sort of common rules. Yeah, this is, a, this is one of the simpler ones. In general, if you have anything that's in the plural, there's a strong chance that there will be a liaison. Mm -hmm. Particularly if it's between an article and its noun, like it's the case here. Yeah. No, zam, uh, these words are both very strongly related grammatically, which is actually another good rule also. It's not really a rule, but it's sort of a principle. If, if, if two words are strongly related grammatically or syntactically, yeah. there's more chance that you will have the liaison than mm -hmm. not. And then this one is very obvious. It's no, zam, mm -hmm. uh, definitely you do the liaison there. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I have, I've, I've wondered why this whole liaison business happens in the first place, because it's, it's quite an unusual thing if you think about it. And I think it's because the, the French, and especially in, in, in poetry and, and um, art song, have a slight discomfort with having two vowel sounds next to another that in a, collide. Yeah. In a row, yeah. And we don't like that. Somehow it makes us uncomfortable, so we like to add a little something. If there's something there to be added, we'll, we'll try and do it if it sounds right, if it makes sense. Yeah. And that's sort of, but it, that's always, because no um, to me just doesn't, doesn't feel right. And that, that collision of two vowels is difficult. A bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's basically, that's a good example of a, a basic sort of safe liaison to make. Yeah. Plural articles, plural nouns. Or when you have a plural noun uh, with its adjective, or a noun with its adjective, things like that. Yeah. Well, we get one at the, the very end of this verse. Des arbusiers, right? We have the article des arbusiers, which is a, a, obviously the tree. Mm -hmm. um, des in its in its normal form, you don't sound the s at the end of it. It's just des. Mm -hmm. uh, and and there again, a plural article with a plural noun. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, the liaison on it. Exactly, and it's the same rule, but then one of the other rules, like you said about plurals, is often that if there are plurals in a row, that you can connect the first one to the conjunction, the, the conjunction and, e. Right. Usually when, usually, well, e is, a, is an interesting little word because uh, obviously it happens very much, very much. It's, it, it means and, mm -hmm. uh, so it's a very common little word. Um, the, there is never a liaison after e. So that's that's also a safe one. Good. For Whatever comes after A, you don't no liaison. 
you might run into some difficulty right before sometimes. But in, in a case where you have a plural noun followed by a, you do the liaison like it's the case here. Des pains, des, des arbousiers. But then here comes um, the question, exactly. In, uh, in Bernac, he's, right. he does not well, do it. Exactly. But, and that's just a good example of how this gets complicated really fast. Mm -hmm. Because we have these rules that are sort of nice and feel fairly simple. And if you follow them, you would actually sing des pains et des arbousiers. Now, um, Bernac does not recommend that liaison because of the fact that you, you, as much as possible, would try to avoid too many liaisons in a row, mm -hmm. and especially if they're the same kind. And in this case, they both use the Z sound, so the pinze des arbousiers, and it starts sounding a little bit, I would say, heavy in the context of, of the, the verse. I assume that's why he doesn't recommend it. Right. However, you, you could make a case and argue that it, it could be there if it's done lightly and elegantly, and it's not forbidden, Right. Uh, say. It's, it's really, in this case, this is where we fall into the category of sort of good taste and tradition or how, how you want to say this text. Personally, I, I can see how we could go either way. I, I'm used to hearing it, des pains et des arbousiers. Mm -hmm. So we've had, now we've had that, and in, in, in saying that we discourage doing two liaisons, in, or that Bernac discourages doing two liaisons in a row, and then in the next phrase, in the next verse, he actually does do two in a row, right at the beginning of it. Yes. Ferme tes yeux à demi. Exactly. So there we have yeah. tes yeux à. Right. And they're the same uh, as <laughs> Yes. Which is, um, I mean, this is why we're discussing liaison, because there are lots and lots of rules, and they all seem to contradict each other. <laughs> there, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely little problems like that that will happen. However, I, I will say that, you know, in, in a case where the liaison is not forbidden or not compulsory, if it's, it's, if it's in this sort of gray area of, you know, uh, optional or, or tradition or good taste or, or one of these elements, mm -hmm. You have a little bit more license, and you, you, you're just a little bit freer, and you can you can make an uh, as long as it's an informed decision, and as long as you're doing it because you, you mean to, and there's a reason behind it, then I think you're fine. Yeah. If if you can justify it for yourself, it, because you think it sounds better, or because you think it doesn't sound as good, then then you can go for it. And yeah. you know, depends it is arbousier. And then ferme tes yeux à demi. Maybe if you s also look at the whole context of these two verses, we start having like four in a row, practically. Yeah. And then right after that, ferme tes yeux à demi. So we keep z z z for a while there. So maybe that's a good reason to drop one of them. Right. I could also see how we could keep it. Again, it's a subjective uh, topic to right. a degree. Well, and the rule here, okay, so we had the rule of the article and its noun, but this rule with the the yuza is yes. the noun to a preposition that modifies it. Right, exactly. So, and, it, and again, it's, uh, and it, you know, like going back to what I said earlier, this is a plural noun, so look out for the liaison, it might be there very strongly, and 
um, the preposition that introduces the modifier usually gets the liaison. So yeah. uh, falls right within the rules. Great, perfect. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the ones we have to do, but you also sort of touched on forbidden liaison. Yes, these are actually, the rules about the forbidden liaison are actually in a way the best because they're the simplest and they're, they're usually pretty uh, consistent. Mm -hmm. And a, a very good one is the one that states that there is no liaison before an aspirated H. Yeah. And so, okay. Now, aspirated H. Do we actually hear the H? No. It's 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 a little bit of a misnomer, and we call it the same in French actually, H aspiré. But it, there's no aspiration that actually goes on. Mm -hmm. it, it just it just has an implication on the liaison actually mm -hmm. in French. There is no rule by which you can decide whether the H is aspirated or not. You just have to go into a dictionary and look it up, mm -hmm. and all the dictionaries in French will tell you whether that H at the beginning of the word is aspirated or not. Yeah. Now, if it's not aspirated, like in the word for a man, homme, H-O-M-M-E, mm -hmm. then if you have de in front of it, you will say des hommes. Right. You will do the liaison if it's not aspirated. Mm -hmm. If it's aspirated, like in the word haute, which we have here in the beginning, mm -hmm. the liaison is forbidden. Right. So the verse is que les branches hautes font, not que les branches hautes font. Right. That sounds really wrong. And as far as the spoken language, the, the liaison, the rule of liaison with aspirated H's is probably the clearest for French speakers. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's one that I remember learning when I was little, because uh, as a kid, there, there are certain words that you want to lie to, that you're not supposed to, and these are common mistakes that we make growing up and we keep being corrected on them. Mm -hmm. So that forbidden liaison is, is, a, is a very strong one. It's a very easy one to apply. Yeah. And we have one other one here that, that, that we don't do, and I don't know so much that it's a rule as, as much as it's, a, again, what you said, a matter of taste in the fourth verse. Qui vient, um, and then a pausa, à tes pieds. Yes, qui vient, uh, okay. In this case, there's, um, I think it goes to the idea of how closely related the elements of the speech are, both grammatically and syntactically. In this case, qui vient, and atepié are not that strongly related. You could move atepié to the end of the verse. Poetry dictates that it has to be there just by choice. Mm -hmm. But you could very well say qui vient l'idée atepié, for instance. Mm -hmm. So there, there's no strong bind between the two. It, it is a liaison that you could make, actually. You could say qui vient atepié. Mm -hmm. uh, but both for reasons of the, the reasons I mentioned about the, the grammatical relation. And also, I think maybe, uh, again, a matter of how it sounds to have two T's in a row, we tend to drop this one. Yeah. Qui vient tate pied, you know, it's tate, again, not necessarily the most elegant. So, qui vient à tes pieds, it's also a way of highlighting à tes pieds and sort of... Um, making the comma. Making it like a separate entity, like, yes, emphasizing the little comma in there. So, you know, the no liaison is actually more expressive in this case. Yeah. I have one that I really don't think this is actually a liaison, even though mm -hmm. Bernacket makes it look like a liaison. Et nos sens extasier. Because in this case, while there are verbs de je sens, I feel, 
Here we have yes. our senses, and here we actually say the S no matter what. Exactly. So if, if you go back to um, the definition of a liaison, mm -hmm. a liaison happens when there's a silent consonant followed by a vowel. Mm -hmm. In this case, the word is sens. So we do say the S at the end. Say it, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the fact that Bernac actually writes it down uh, and, and uh, signals it is he wants to make clear that this is the word sens. Yeah. And odd song. That there might be a little bit of confusion just because of the spelling of it. So just to make clear that we're dealing with sans and not song, I, that's my guess as to why he writes that. Because you're right, it is not a liaison. It's yeah. just, this is just pronunciation the way it's actually written. Exactly. No well, and that's the thing. I mean, the, if it were a liaison, then you would have to make it into a Z sound. The one other tiny little point we could make in the last, mm. in the last verse. And I say this because I had written to you with a question about future verbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we have tombera chantera. If they yes. were in the infinitive, we would say them differently, right? Yes, uh, the infinitive for, both, for those two are tombé and chanté. Mm -hmm. And when it becomes a future, something else happens. Well, when it becomes a future, it actually that, that it turns into a schwa. Because of the, you know, we add the, the future termination to the, to the verb, tombera, chantera, uh, and, and the e turns into a schwa. So, just to recap the important points. Liaison is not the same thing as elision. Elision. You will often hear people use these terms interchangeably, but that's just plain wrong. As Francois said, a liaison is the pronunciation, in some way or another, of a consonant that would not normally be spoken, which makes sense, because the word liaison for us is something that ties things together. But elision, elision, must involve getting rid of something, eliding it. In French, this refers to dropping that schwa at the end of one word, going straight to the following vowel that starts the next. So be careful when using these terms. And the rules that we discussed today include a plural article or a plural adjective to its noun will probably make a liaison. Plural nouns may make a liaison with the word for and, et, e. A plural noun may make a liaison with a preposition that introduces the modifier. And we mentioned two forbidden liaisons. The word for and, et, e, will never make a liaison with the following word. If you make this liaison after this word, it will get confused with the third person singular form of the verb to be, est, e, which sometimes does make a liaison. The other is that there is no liaison before an aspirate h. The easiest one to remember is probably o or oat, h-a-u-t or h-a-u-t-e, because it comes up more often than most. Francois mentioned that all French dictionaries will tell you which are aspirate H's. They generally have a star in front of the words that have an aspirate H. But if your dictionary uses some other method, there'll be a legend in the front telling you how it's marked. So check for that. And the two exceptional words we talked about today were solanel and sens. Solanel is a very normal word that comes up. And when we see it, it's easy to mix up that second syllable, assuming that it should be either a schwa or an open E. But in this case, as in the EM of the word femme, the EN becomes an A sound. So you would transcribe this phonetically as S 
open O, L, bright A, N, open E, L. Sauce is a little more confusing because there's a verb form that looks exactly the same, je sens, S-E-N-S. But when it's the noun meaning senses, we say the S as an S. The easiest way to tell the difference is to see whether it has a personal pronoun in front of it, like je, I. If it does, it's the verb, and the S won't be pronounced. But if it has an article, like le, or ce, se, or a possessive article, like here, no, then the S will be pronounced, sens, and it'll stay an S sound even when followed by a vowel in the next word, as we have here, sans extasie. I'm sure now you can see why I ended up breaking this into two episodes. Next week, we'll finish off this discussion with a text to Chanson Triste and go more in-depth with liaison and also with more of the future verbs. So that's all for this week. If you'd like to know more about François Germain or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.